We're going to have presentation by Unusual Business now. Hello, everyone. Um, first of all, thank you, Costco, for inviting us. It's, very, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here and to present ourselves as Unusual Business. And thank you, Catherine Gibson, for your presentation. It's an honor to present ourselves after you, as your work has inspired us lots. So, um, yeah, it's very nice. Um, in um, the coming minutes, oh, <laughs> or in the coming presentation, I will um, explain what unusual business is, how we are organized, uh, what we do, and uh, what we aim for. And actually, all the activity, activities that we do um, is for the aim to like bridge the gap between the theory of uh, the commons and community economies, like, for example, Catherine Gibson has explained to you, and practice what is actually happening on the ground, and to bridge these two like sides that are frequently not meeting each other. But then, yeah, so we try to bridge that gap in between them. Um, so I will, I will just give you a brief introduction of what unusual business is. Then I go into the theoretical concepts that are like fundamental to us. And we position ourselves in the commons debate. And then I will go into detail in how we as unusual business actually work and try to work as a commons ourselves and exploring and experimenting with that. And then I will um, wrap this presentation up by like our actual practices, what we do and what we, yeah, what we are planning to do in the future. Um, so in 2013, we started uh, as unusual business, initiated by Casco in collaboration with the Kritische Studenten Utrecht, critical students of Utrecht. And so we started as a research collective. Um, what we did that year is, for example, here you see a photo of a, um, what was it? <laughs> Sorry. a conversation market here at the, at the shopping mall in Hoogkaterijne. And we wanted an open discussion with the shopping public about, about money, about uh, work in your daily life, about the question, is there more than the state and the market? And yeah, so it was an open discussion with the with shopping public. Next to this, we uh, produced an, an online reader with our own uh, researches. And we also, uh, in the reader, there were also um, researches that done by academics about the comments that we found very inspiring. And in, after one year, the whole group changed, actually members left, new members came in, and based upon our experiences that year, we thought we wanted a more practical approach of the commons, so besides all the theory, and we can think and talk about it, but what's actually happening? It's already happening. Uh, community economies are there, but like frequently invisible. So the, in 2014, we did case studies uh, here, basically in the context of Utrecht, or surroundings of community economies. And we produced our first journal that Bina already showed. 
you can all take one who you want. Our researchers are in here. Uh, some in Dutch, some in English. So everyone, uh, for everyone, something. Uh, we uh, we reprinted them because it was so successful. <laughs> <laughs> or we printed to less, uh, however you want to <laughs> mention it. And um, we organized a reading group that called, was called Rethinking the Commons. Uh, the world is not our home, is our home, not our property, was the subtitle. And um, it was a participatory reading group, so all the participants, they had to contribute to that uh, with own literature or interested, or, or like perspectives they found interested in studying and discussing about the commons. And that was by the end of 2014, 2015, everything changed again with unusual business as we grew, because there were many interested people to join Unusual Business, and uh, from that reading group, actually, so there were many people interested from the reading, reading group to join us. And that led to our current uh, UB collective. So we are a uh, research collective, um, and non-hierarchically organized, and uh, like taking decisions consensually. I will go into detail more, more how we actually do that later on in this presentation. And uh, well, here, the, the top photo you see is a, a photo of our work week. We organized a work week to like, think elaborately on how can we organize ourselves actually as a collective. How does that actually work? We came up with, a, with our vision. And um, that is, we aim to take democratic control over the common means of our lives and change the way we and the society uh, relate to each other. We envision a world in which economic and social relations are based on self-organization, care, solidarity, and sustainability. It's a quite dense vision, but that's uh, how it works with visions. <laughs> uh, but it inspires us in our in our work, and we reflect on this vision in like taking decisions on on uh, yeah on the activities we want to organize or the people we approach. Or it also helped us to yeah to to explain uh, to others who don't know us who we are and what our fundamental values are. And that led to a mission, of course. And it is starting with a firm belief in the potential of local alternative practices, like the practice I just I told you about it, that we are doing the case studies of, on. Uh, we wish to learn from the commoners around us and by sharing our findings, inspire social change. We aim to collect, produce and share knowledge about how to support each other and build community, communities based on the commons. So what you can see here in the mission is that we are not only interested in studying the commons, but also want to learn from that and spread the, the, the knowledge we gain from learning from others to support the community economies that we find here in, in Utrecht. So it's an ongoing research, reflection, reflection, evaluation, etc for social change, 
force. Um, before I go there, um, so we do all this by by mapping out the 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 the, the communities, the yeah the communities here around us in Utrecht, and by organizing events to meet the meet the the communities and also uh, encourage dialogue between the communities to. So we can learn from them, but they can also learn from each other by exchanging experiences and uh, struggles they face. And um, by, by conducting research and producing it into a, or printing it into a journal and also like be involved in the theoretical discussions about the commons. And we are currently a group of eight members that are that involved with the organizational structure and the fundamental structure of unusual business. And next to that, we, um, uh, we collaborate with a group of 10 case study researchers who um, yeah, are doing the research on the communities here in Utrecht, basically, and yeah, link unusual business to, to what's happening in the field. And well, we are inspired by um, well, several theories and um, uh, theoretical concepts. We, I, name, I will name three of them. So one is you, <laughs> Catherine Gibson. And um, well, we, we um, built further on the work of the Community Economies Collective that you have explained. And uh, we support your strategies, actually. Um, and I listed some of them here. So, for example, produce a more inclusive understanding of e economy. We, uh, we do that by putting different ethics than the capitalist values central to a healthy uh, uh, economic structure. For example, by focusing on mutual aid, care, and solidarity. And, um, and the highlight the, the extent and com contribution of hidden and alternative economies. We do that by mapping the existing uh, communities here in Utrecht and um, yeah, learn from them, produce new knowledge on, on, our, experience, uh, on our experiences with them. Um, yeah, well, foster ethical economic experimentation. We do that through our own commoning practices and by learning from fellow commoners. And as we are also uh, a part of, of Casco or really related to Casco, engender collaboration between uh, activists, academics and communities. We, and we see our work also as an artistic form of Commoning. Um, we do that by uh, our own commoning practices again, and by adding to that the value of design and visual language to, to deepen our communication and also to reach different people with our message. And uh, Silvia Federici is, uh, is, is another, another one who inspires us. And, and especially her anti-capitalist 
uh, idea of the commons. And this quote is uh, exemplary for that. Um, I will read it and uh, then explain. So, anti-capitalist commons are best conceived as autonomous space from which to re reclaim control over our life and the conditions of our reproduction and to provide resources on the basis of sharing and equal access, but also as basis from which to counter the processes of enclosure and increasingly disentangle our lives from the market and the state. And this interests us as we encounter initiatives and look into the potential of building such anti-capitalist commons towards a subsistence network. So we, we explore the possibilities and we play with the idea whether it's possible to have an overarching community economy here in Utrecht that includes various and different kinds of community economies into like a self-sustaining uh, network. And the third one is, uh, is uh, Maria Mies. And um, so she emphasizes the crucial role of community in the commons. And well, we in our research ref really focus on the people who are doing the work in these community economies. It's not about a, like a dryish, hardish economy, but it's really a human thing. And uh, yeah. And um, well, we play with the idea how to provide for one's daily basic needs and desires without depending on the market or the state. Is, is that possible? Is there an alternative idea to that of those without money or work for wages cannot live? Is that possible? And that also relates to our, yeah, our search and exploration, exploration whether it's possible to have an uh, subsistence network here in Utrecht uh, that is like disentangled from the state and the market. Mm, well, um, currently here in in the like in an economic crisis and the des uh, the disintegration of the welfare state and the the the, the big society idea. We, yeah, we, well, we are at this moment uh, exploring how we can position ourselves in the debate of the big society discussion. And, well, we see, well, I, although we haven't go into details with that, so I don't want to really position myself there as, I don't know, it, it, it requires some study, but it's an interesting thing. Um, uh, yeah, so the, the, in the big society discussion, there are two, two ways to see it. Um, this is, or the state like, uses the community economies that are there to like, fill the gaps that, that are there as a result of the budget cuts. For example, there are lengthy uh, uh, waiting lists for care services and well, people can do it themselves as well, instead of that the state um, 
pays for the institution that it, norm that it used to do. So it's quite a top-down approach of the community economies. Whether we see the communities more as a bottom-up approach, it's people are 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 uh, how do you say are linking up and creating communities to to um, sorry yeah I, I missed the words <laughs> well to 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 fulfill their their needs and desires uh, and uh, well work in different concepts. So in in our exploration and and the study of the community economies, um, I will give an example for that. We see that the state has double standards in their approach to uh, community economies. On the one hand, it encourage encourages community economies as it sees it as a solution for social problems and the disintegration of the welfare state. On the other hand, it seems to discourage. Um, to discourage the communities as it somehow is impossible to deal with these communities with the, the bureaucratic standards that are that are there so there's not there's not a well-fitting bureaucratic system to approach these community economies somehow an example is the uh, parent-led child care service the oasis here in Utrecht, there are about seven of these or, uh, initiatives in Holland, and five of them are located here in Utrecht. And these child care services work that work. Uh, the parents invest time in caring for their services. In return, they can bring their child another day to the services, and other parents are taking care of their child. So it's a yeah, parent participation child care service. And... Um, so on one hand, they, uh, they, yeah, they actually take care of the lengthy uh, waiting list for childcare here in Holland. And they are also supported by the state to, to organize themselves. On the other end, they have to meet the same standards as, as uh, the ordinary childcare services. For example, in diplomas, they have to, to meet the same they have to have the same diplomas as, as the normal childcare workers. But obviously, these parents don't have the time to do studies or uh, money to pay for a, a, a childcare worker. So they are somehow like squeezed in between their, their values and inspirations and needs, and on the one hand, and the like, state's requirements for such a service. So they are yeah, maneuvering between this. And, for, and another idea, another thing they face is that there are subsidies for childcare here in Holland. So the, the state gives money to, to like support parents to, to bring their child to the childcare services, ordinary childcare services. Um, but for these parents that they don't get the subsidies because they cannot meet all the standards. So the parents are somehow forced to withdraw themselves because they cannot pay for the childcare service as they don't get any subsidies. But on the other hand, the state wants them to exist. So it's an, yeah, there's some friction between these community economies and the state 
between encouragement and discouragement there. And, well, we, um, here on the, 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 the right you see the, the, the state, market, and commons triangle. And we see the commons as in, like a third domain that is like uh, not a part of the state, neither of the market. It works independently from state or market. But it is connected, of course. Of course, it's influenced by it. And um, I th what, what we've also observed is that the, these community economies, they, yeah, they are maneuvering between the state, the state and the market, and uh, yeah, they position themselves there. Because there's a danger of cooptation by the state or the market, because we've also seen that initiatives seems com seem community economies, but are enterprises in when you when you look at them deeply. So there, yeah, it's it's a thin line, let's say, like that. And one of the examples is the financial structure of a food collective in Amersfoort that has started five years ago with 25 members, and then they were still a collective. Um, well, they're still a collective right now, but they were collective buying food from uh, local farmers around Amersfoort. And there was not so much money going on, so they could organize themselves easily as a collective. But now, five years later, there are over 300 members, and there's lots of money going from members to farmers back to and, and products back to, to back to members. So there's a big cash flow, and the tax authorities they see it as an enterprise, so they or something that is that should pay taxes. Mm -hmm. So they have to like, be involved somehow with the legal entity. But if you want to organize yourself as a collective, legal entities involve hierarchies and, and a board, so there's someone squeezed in between their, 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 their group values and ethics and the market structures. So, well, they found uh, their, their ways how to solve it and they, they became a foundation with a board, but with the board did not have any powers. But the tax authorities didn't know that. But, uh, but so so groups maneuver between between this like the tensions between the state market and the commons. And we, as a group, as unusual business, we um, uh, we are also struggling with the how to organize ourselves, and we function as a like as a collective with like a horizontally organized collective. And our, we do our work in semi-autonomous working groups. And all these working groups are interrelated, so we cannot miss any of these working groups. But they have like some autonomous powers. So every working group has their responsibilities as well. And within these uh, groups, the, every group can take decisions, and as long as it involves the group. But as when it comes to like broader dilemmas or or decisions that are 
about group values, it, the, the decisions come to the general meeting and we discuss it all together. And most of us are more than one work group as we're only with eight. Um, yeah, um, I think, well, I don't know about my time, so uh, do I have to rush through, rush through this, or? Five minutes. Okay, I'll rush through this. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I go to... Uh, <laughs> Well, so every month we have a general meeting and all, all of our members come together and we may take decisions on future plans, we evaluate decisions from the past and, well, about our organisa organisational structure is yeah, it's a really big part of that general meeting. Um, I think an interesting example of how we are organised is our financial structure and also it shows how we take decisions because we grew, um, the group grew, there was, a, there, is a, there was a certain part of the budget reserved for uh, voluntary reimbursements. However, that part of the budget wasn't enough for all the members anymore as we grew. So what to do? So yeah, we first discussed it all together, then the finance group took all the suggestions from the group and thought of, an, of, of a solution. And we asked ourselves the question, what is a fair and equal system? And how do we award hard work and how do we consider different financial needs? Because we did not simply want to cover the, like, like the, the capitalist <laughs> system of wage, wage work. And um, we thought, is it, the f is it fairest to like have a fixed amount of money per per hour, an hourly rate. Uh, but by calculating all the hours we invested in usual business, we found that we could not pay more, actually we could only pay less than one euro an hour for everyone. <laughs> and if we started calculating the, all our hours and, and the, 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 the hourly rate would even drop to maybe 50 cents per, per hour. So would that be fair or does that actually solve anything? <laughs> well, apparently not. So we, we dropped it, we threw it out of the window and we came back to, to the group and said, okay, this doesn't work. And then the group talked about it again and again and again. So after lengthy discussions about after historical case studies of uh, alternative payments, and after discussions about our group values, we came up with the idea of um, giving everyone, after every month, a fixed amount of voluntary fee, but with the option for every member to opt in or out of the fee. So every member could, could think for themselves, do, we, do I, have I done enough this, this month for unusual business, or do I need the money? And if so, then he or she receives the money. And if not, then the money is spent on a collective purpose. And it actually has turned out that people not always wanted, wanted that voluntary fee because they have not been there or because they think, I don't need it, actually, I have a well-paid job next to this. 
So it does actually work, but we are still piloting this uh, this form. But this, um, it's exemplary on how we are organized and how we explore possibilities to, to be a commons ourselves. Our last slide is about our activities that we do. Um, well, I've most of the things I've already come, come across. So we do case studies to find out what's actually happening on the field. We're now in the basic, uh, on the context of Utrecht, but we're thinking, is it valuable to expand our research field and go into like a broader scene? Um, but, well, that's something to discuss in our general meeting. Uh, we have a website which is currently under construction, but it has some information yet. But it's, an, it's a platform to also share our knowledge for communities to come there and share their knowledge as well to, to create a basis for an, yeah, an uh, exchange of knowledge and support of community economies or people who are interested to start community economies themselves. So, and um, we organize how to get together events on certain topics. Um, we have or organized how to events on food collectives, on care collectives, and in the end of January, next week actually, 27th, we organized the how to live together event. And we invite uh, community economies that organize themselves around living and housing and um, that organize themselves differently than neighbor, 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 housing, 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 um, without any contact between, between the neighbors. And yeah, so co-housing projects, actually. And we are working on, this is, this is a picture of our first journal, but we're working on our second journal, which we hope to be print, to print in June, with results of our uh, uh, case studies and own explorations and conclusions of our own uh, experimentations with the co ideas of the commons and being our a common ourselves as well. Um, well, I think I'll wrap it up here. Subsistence network? Oh yeah. In the middle is a subsistence network, sorry. So, well, collecting all this information, being in contact with all these um, community economies here in Utrecht. It, it, yeah, our network grows and grows, and now, and we're, yeah, we're playing and exploring the idea: how can we connect all these community economies? How can they learn from each other? But how can we also organize a self-sustaining network from these, um, all these different initiatives, as they are working in care and food and living on knowledge on on different needs of the co of the society and what happens if we connect if we yeah we can exchange all these services can we make a, a um, organize a network disentangled from market and state but we don't know yet but we are exploring that and that's something to work on in the future yeah so we're excited to continue <laughs> So.
So thank you so much, Sarah. Maybe I just want to point out, uh, if you look at this unusual business uh, journal, and if you unfold them together and then put them next to each other, you know, as if you are puzzling, that you have a map of you trade and with a uh, site of uh, practicing communities of the commons. So that also link with this common sensor that Katrin uh, introduced. Well, that could be the digital <laughs> version of that uh, map in the journal. 